Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we seek to bring calm introspection together with skillful action. Today on the Backyard Buddhist, we're talking about your karma. Your karma is a bitch. Why do bad things happen? Shouldn't all the good in the world counteract all the bad? What happened to create all this chaos? Welcome to my co-host and good buddy, Danny Hobart. Dan, how's your karma? Well, it's splendid. (laughs) I can't imagine why anybody would have any issues with it. (laughs) Right? Because if you do do good stuff, then you get good stuff later. It's a savings account. Oh, isn't it? Well, you know. That's the that's the lovelier pop culture way of looking at it anyway, oh. right? I think, you know, somebody ordered all this, right? <laughs> what was his name again? Or her, her name? Maybe it was a her. Let's hope it was a her. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, if the, you know, if the story is true, somebody ate a bat. <laughs> somebody ate a bat and started all of this. <laughs> In a in a land far, far away, a person ate a bat. Ate a bat. And now we're trapped in our houses. I, you know, I'm always kind of on the, the cusp of never eating meat again and sort of a pseudo uh, vegetarian anyway. So it doesn't Part take time. much to like just. <laughs> I've been full time. Um, you know, my husband's not a vegetarian, so I've uh, kind of adjusted a little, compromised a little. So there's, you know, some things <laughs> that we that we eat and ingest. But um, you know, I was listening to a um, Dharma talk by the Galwang Drukpa in Nepal. And he was saying very, very pointedly that our bloodthirst, our craving for meat of every kind is part of the karma of this pandemic. Well, considering it was literally the at least the most accepted reason for the start of it right uh, that's a pretty easy conclusion to draw of course i'd imagine he's talking in the much bigger picture but you could say the same about uh you know our abuse of the natural resources and burning and creating carbon and you know climate change so some of those lines are pretty straight and fairly easy to draw the correlation lines. Well, if we think about the bigger picture and not, you know, we don't have to focus everything on, you know, the current pandemic situation, but, you know, think about our, you know, the suffering of each of our existences as it is. And remember suffering, you know, we're talking about, dissatisfaction, discomfort, um, some of those 
aspects. Um, but, you know, if you kind of take a, a gander at the good and the bad things in your life, start to balance those out, we certainly all have those times where things just seem to be weighted in bad. Yeah. Think about, you know, why, why do bad things happen to good people? Do you, Dan, do you know why bad things happen to good people? I do because those people think they're good and they think the thing that happening is bad. I would say that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to bad people. That's a lot of bad in there. I am good and bad. Everything happens to everybody. Yeah. My, my particular take on it is that, your perception of what a thing is though, is, is what causes the consternation and it's easy to use. So it's the good example you've used before of the, a person cuts a person with a knife and they die. So it's murder, except it's not because it was a surgeon doing surgery and just wasn't able to save the person. So, you know, depending on somebody's perception of the thing that happens uh, allows you to, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, we, we like to categorize, we like to understand the things in our life. And if something happens that we don't prefer to have happened or something that's distasteful or causes discomfort or suffering, we label it bad. And on the other side, if it's elation and joy and, you know, comes comes in a uh you know it's a snickers bar mixed in ice cream then it's good right so unless you're allergic or lactose intolerant right yeah or diabetic or diabetic (laughs) or you know trying to lose weight any any number of health conditions it's it's you know so so good and bad is subjective is that what you're saying good and bad is subjective you know i read a a really interesting thing. This is years ago, but you know, people have a tendency to say, Oh, it's been a man. It's been a terrible week or, Oh, you wake up in the morning and you get cut off within five minutes of drive. Oh, it's going to be, it's a bad day. This is going to be a bad day. And it, it's along the lines of one of those, those, how do you make your life happier or nicer, or more tolerable? Um, don't label your whole day as a good or a bad thing, especially based on something that happens. Cause then you'll just literally go and make that happen. Right. It's a self-realization of. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and there's karma in that too, right? Because let's say you get cut off. Let's do that. You get cut off in traffic, your blood pressure shoots up, you get angry, you, you react, you, you may yell in your car, you know, give them the one fingered salute and, and you go on to work and all of a sudden a new, a new person that you work with has a question that's pretty, pretty novice, you know, that, and, and you're sitting there agitated and you think to yourself, you know what, any, any moron would know the answer to this question. This person doesn't even, isn't even smart enough to be a moron. So you snap at him or yell at him. Like 
they all do have a karmic effect, right? A thing happened which caused another thing to happen. Right. Which, you know, that's a, that's a good point. So I want to talk about um, the practice of karma yoga. This connects to the element of the Eightfold Path of wise action. So first, let's dispel that karma is this cosmic accounting system that is set out to punish your sins and misdeeds. Second, yoga does not mean just downward-facing dog or the corpse pose. Karma means cause and effect, and yoga means practice. So it's the practice of cause and effect. So every action, intentional or not, has consequences. No one has the ability to reverse or short-circuit the consequences that subsequently follow that action. A wrongful act of body, speech, or mind will result in a negative consequence. So think of it this way. If you disturb the surface of water, it will ripple out and then return back to the, to the center once it's reached and rebounded against the extremities of its container. The return or the effects might be very quick or it might take a long time. This is why effects happen years or decades after its cause. So consider the implications that effect can become a cause for a future event as well. It's um, it, karma, you know, I joked about it earlier and you mentioned it again. There's this idea that, that and I like to call it a savings account, because that's how I used it for, you know, that's how I thought of it for most of my life. And of course, people still do. But, you know, everybody uses, oh, that's good karma. Must be, oh, man, I must have done something in a past life because here it comes. Like, <laughs> that's bad karma. I don't, I mean, actually, me and a buddy, a completely non Buddhist friend, uh, we always have the joke, like, man, what'd you do? Like, what'd you do and when'd you do it? Because you, you just got punished by the, you know, the, the, the beat down stick or something. So, you know, it, it's, um, so, so I like to think of it as a savings account. You do something good, you pick up trash, you hold the door open, you uh, donate some money. And three months later, miraculously, uh, you find a $20 bill laying on the sidewalk, you know, like I saved up my good stuff and look, now I got something in return for it. Right. Uh, it very much assumes that you have some control over the future, right? <laughs> that, 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 yep, I'm only going to do good works and then I'll only get paid in good works and only all good things will happen. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, there, there's, <clears throat> first of all, the future doesn't exist. Secondly, uh, you, you have literally zero over We're sitting in the middle of the biggest proof 
except for maybe 9-11, that our generation has experienced as to not having any control whatsoever over the future. Right. 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 Really, the only thing that we have control of is our own reactions. And that's where karma yoga and the practice of this idea really flourishes for me. I feel like mindfulness and awareness are the compass. So when I am thinking about my own misdeeds, my own actions, or even inactions that have caused or are causing negative things to be put into motion. That ripple has begun. Again, we don't have the ability to go back and wash that away, even even through our good efforts. So we can't go back and counteract that ripple effect. So what is it that we... What is it that you think we, we can do about that? I'm going to ask you. I don't, uh, the, uh, well, never, I, I don't even know what you mean by the term karma yoga. So I'm, I'm novice enough not to be experienced in the idea of that. So with, with my excuse being made as to why I don't know the right answer, I will give you my right answer, which is uh, all you can do is be present now. That's it. You can be and do your best to be awake and aware in the present time. You can't, like you said, you can't undo the past. The past is gone. There is no changing anything that's happened. And you can't predict the future. There is no future yet. It doesn't exist. You can't skip ahead 10 minutes and, you know, set everything up. So you're literally, you're just stuck being present right now. Which is the only place that you can affect anything. Right. Only place that your efforts can really change anything to come. Yeah. Right. So, you know, let's, let's keep this in mind that every action and inaction has a cause and effect. Every breath that we take changes something, moves something, right? There's a cause and effect to every breath. Internally, externally, everything that we throw away, everything that we eat, everything that we kill, everything, you know, even, you know, walking down the driveway, all the little microscopic bug things that we're stepping on and killing there's a cause and effect and i think there's you know there's some good examples of this you know during this you know this quarantine we've seen you know this calming of the earth around us like there's you know these amazing pictures of you know lakes that you know they haven't seen the bottom of for you know who knows how long, you know, that they're seeing, um, it was, you know, one of the great lakes, um, that I saw pictures of these shipwrecks from gosh, gosh knows how long, um, ago that we haven't seen 
we haven't seen the bottom of, of these lakes, but you know, the inactivity is changing that. Um, the stars apparently are showing brighter because the pollution, because we're not driving as much is, you know, this is, this is all cause and effect. So it's a, it's a, it's a good way for us to see just, you know, some simple changes, how there's a positive effect as well. But don't forget that our inaction can also be, can lead to negative effect. So if we don't step in and we don't act in a positive way, then we have created a negative effect. So this karma yoga that I'm talking about is really an active presence, an active presence in my own action and knowing that I am being awake and aware and conscious of the things that I'm doing. So one of those dividing lines that we have to be aware of is the discernment of like and dislike. We talked about a little bit about this in uh, one of our other podcasts where we're talking about, um, you know, just the, the karma of our own weight, our own body weight. Like I'm, you know, I need to lose a few pounds. I need to be healthier. I need to make healthier choices, but I don't always like what the actions are that I need to engage with, you know, the exercise part and then, uh, you know, not eating the, the things that I want to when I want to eat them and the quantities that I want to eat them. So there's, you know, there's a negative reaction that is happening because of my, my decision, unconscious or conscious, not to take action because of a like or dislike. Do you think that it's like, so how does, um, I love ice cream. I'm not even, I, I think I may even be a tech, uh, tad like lactose intolerant, but the, this does not hinder me at all to be right. clear. Right. Uh, so do you think, where do you think does does the like happen and it's attached at some point in our life that it was a happy thing and, a joyous thing, a good, and then it just sort of gets stuck in your subconscious. It just becomes rote as part of your habit, your, your, your reward you know, system. Yeah. Your reward system, your, your patterns, your everything. Like that's where they come from. Right. I mean, I think it could be, I think it could also be that it's delicious and you know, that it sort of yeah. brings, you know, a sense of, satisfaction and you know i'm treating myself to something that i really like now you know our <laughs> we have a a dessert thing like no other like there has to be dessert every night and i've i've tried <laughs> i've tried to actually um you know show Skip up it. with like yoga or yoga yogurt <laughs> i show up with yogurt mm -hmm. and fruit and darren says where's dessert <laughs> and specifically he means ice cream or yeah. cake um, yeah. and it can be cheap you know cheap cake from the from the grocery store there's you know no um 
there's no real quality line that's that's being served here but it's a thing it's a thing that happens every night so that you know that action and my inaction to say no cake for me or no ice cream for me um brings up a little discomfort and i think i have the fomo fear of missing out well and it certainly, for me, causes health problems. So, you know, but that that has been a, it's a, it's a small motivator, but it's certainly, it's a small motivator to change my behavior. But man, it's not the deterrent that I wish that it was. You know, I think, and when you think in terms, I think in terms of right now, COVID, and for those, those of us that are air on the conservative side and think, oh boy. We, we, our numbers have stabilized or they're going down or the curve is flattening or whatever you want to call it. And you think, man, uh, now might be a good time to still do this for another two weeks or yeah. another month. And just think like what it might look like then. New Zealand right now has had uh, two days of zero new cases. So you think, boy, maybe if we just did this for a bit longer, like that's a, that's a, that's a legitimate karmic effect. We stopped touching each other as much right. and less, less people are getting sick. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, the, the protests are based mm-hmm. in discomfort and like, and Absolutely. so I'm tired of doing this. I'm bored. I'm uncomfortable. I'm, dissatisfied i don't have enough money so i need to force this and get back to work or i'm uncomfortable in the situation i'm in i want to change it i want to go back to where we were so those decisions are being made um, with an emotion attached to them rather than taking a step back and saying what is what is the ultimate thing that i need to do I need to be safe and keep myself safe, keep others safe. But we're responding and a lot of people are responding in a very unskillful way of just, we're just going to blow it off or we're going to, we think that, you know, wearing, you know, I, I heard the, I heard someone close to me say yesterday, those little particles are so small that the mask won't stop them. So I'm not wearing a mask, Hmm. which I, I feel is uh, causing negative action. I think in me wearing a mask and you wearing a mask and just compromising a little bit, it's not going to be the rest of our lives. We're not going to have to start wearing these things like underwear. It's just for the time, just for this time. You know, maybe it's something we should look at for flu season every year when we keep, you know, infecting everyone around us when we feel crappy and we still go to work and we still go to the grocery store and we still come in contact with hundreds of people and potentially affect hundreds of people knowing that we don't feel great. That's a... I was just thinking about that today. It's funny that you mention it in that context because uh, 
I heard a, it's a, you know, it's one of the long standing arguments about what this is, is to say that, well, the, the flu killed 60,000 people, however many it was last year and every year. And so what's the big deal? Cause that's like what numbers we're at now or something. And, you know, then I started thinking, you know what, maybe we like, maybe the only wake up call we're getting out of this is not just like, wow, you can see Mount Everest from 200 miles now or, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like there, there is a sky in Los Angeles, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a blue sky, not a Brown sky that maybe, you know, maybe the other lesson we need to be learning from this, which, which is very much a big picture karmic thing, uh, karmic lesson is that, uh, we, maybe we should just start being more careful and more clean in general, more, more mindful of how we interact with the world around us. It seems, it seems like you have to, you know, what are we supposed to micromanage my life and, you know, be concerned about every surface I touch? Not, you know, no, but maybe start a, just a little bit of habit here and there. Maybe that right. would serve us well. Maybe wearing masks over the winter. Hey, maybe that's a pretty good idea. Get a flu shot, wear the mask. Maybe we cut that that yearly sickness down in half or something. Who right. knows? Just the mindfulness that I know I touched surfaces that are out of my control, the ATM machine or mm-hmm. you know, the counter at the at the grocery store or the, you know, little yeah. pin pad. You know, now I've touched that. Now I'm going to make a a conscious effort not to touch my face. And when I get to the car, I'm going to put on a little hand sanitizer. And when I get home, I'm going to wipe down my containers mm-hmm. and wash my hands mm-hmm. and make make some mindful choices. You know, maybe Problem. it doesn't kill everything, right. but it's helpful, right? Even yeah. Even just the general stuff, colds, flu, you know, whatever, you know, skin infections, whatever it might be. Mm. Maybe we just need to be a little bit more conscious of where our hands were and the last time we washed them or, you know, it, it's really just about mindfulness and mindfulness that's in this moment. We're not talking about planning for mindfulness later on and doing the, you know, the, I should be, I should be cleaner. I should be more, you know, mindful in my actions. And then it never happens because where does it happen? Where does it have to happen? Right here, right now. Yep. Right here, right now. We're, we in the United States and depending on your uh, economic situation, whether you're, if you're dirt poor, you're homeless. No, you, you don't, have access to keeping us clean definitely not and and certainly in a lot of countries in the world they don't have clean water they have no access to clean water they get water once a day that is not clean right that they have to walk from and that's if they get any at all and you know we're we're, my point ultimately is for those of us that have the ability to do these things you're talking about, to come home to a home, 
and use soap and wash your hands and be mindful of what you touch. You know, I can't say that it's a, some, you know, constitutional responsibility or something like it, but, but, but it really sort of is a, a moral or ethical one. And that, as I'm thinking through this, you know, we re- we should be doing the, the, those of us that have the means should be aware of this. And again, karmic effect, right? There is a sort of a duty there, a, a presence about that. Well, and re- you know, remember, you know, the, the success plan of this is not to point and judge other people for not wearing masks or gloves or washing their hands or, or participating, but the, you know, the real action comes from ourselves. So I feel better about my contributing factors when I manage them mindfully. So when I take the steps that I need to do, then it sort of mitigates for those who haven't around me. So if the guy before me was, you know, picking his nose and then hit the pin Mm -hmm. pad that happened before now, and it's always happened. So, you know, me now having a more mindful approach that I'm conscious of the things that I've touched and how I'm now reacting and interacting with my own body. I'm not going to put my hands in my mouth or in, you know, in my eyes or my ears or nose and potentially get something that I don't want. You know, I've got a little healthy fear about, you know, getting this because I had pneumonia last year. And that was an experience I do not ever want to repeat. And I don't I don't want that for anyone else. So if by chance I am somehow carrying it, I want to be responsible and not pass it on to someone else without taking, you know, my responsibility in this. Karma, karma, karma. Karma, karma, karma. But it's also body, speech, and mind. So we're mindfully managing our body, our speech, and our mind. And, you know, the I think, to me, the hardest of those is mind. Because when we develop that that discernment of like and dislike, we decide what we're going to participate in and what we're not going to participate in and misdeeds and inaction come from that point. So that's a, you know, that's a pitfall to be aware of. So when we're not open to change, we're not open to responsibility. We're not open to it starts with me then we've now started a movement of negative karma. Yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you this. So in our practice, obviously, and it's a, a big part of, of most schools of Buddhism or all, all of them, that's all schools of Buddhism that I know. Of. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk all the time. It's a, it's a catchphrase. It's a, slogan a motto awaken aware awaken aware be awaken aware right it's it's even a good mantra to use that i use from time you know 
one of one of the many short little sweet little mantras that I'll repeat to to myself in the middle of some you know situation uh, to help stay mindful. But is that? I mean, that really is just the same. That that is a uh, the karmic yoga practice. That's what that means, right? Well, I mean, further, I I would say that the karmic part is, you know, the being aware of the actions that come from that mindfulness as well. So remember there's, you know, the, the first of the eightfold path is wise, right, complete view and understanding. Right. But then we move down a little bit and we've got wise, complete and right action. Right. So from that understanding, from that seeing things as it really is, then we can have an appropriate gotcha. mindful action that comes from that. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. A little more specific, a little more yeah. depth to it. I gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, we want to see things as they are. So, you know, when we're seeing our own reactions, when we're seeing our own discernment of, I don't like that and I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a corresponding reaction to that, that I'm not doing it. And now understanding that there's a cause and effect that happens with every action. So now I've made the decision based on my like or dislike not to participate. And now I've created negative karma from there. Yep. Likes and dislikes are absolutely obstacles on the path. I mean, and pretty much for every step on the path. And positive will never happen from, happen from negative. So we, it doesn't change. There's not a, you know, there's not a miracle switch that, you know, I'm going to do completely unskillful things and I'm going to be rewarded. Right. Right. You can, you can do a bad thing. Yeah. This is the, you know, the good things happen to bad people Mm -hmm. thing that, you know, that you may be experiencing a good response now, but that was from something that was triggered before in positive action. Now you've just been a shit (laughs) and not shown (laughs) up and Mm -hmm. did something unskillful. And now you feel like you got a reward right after it. Mm -hmm. That's there. They're not connected. (laughs) They are not connected. Mm -hmm. And there will be a corresponding reverberation of the negative effort. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Those are the times I wish I was a dog and I wish I was a dog because they say the dogs have 15 minute memories. So, you know, talk about being present. This is why they're always happy to see you because they don't, they don't have any ability to remember how terrible you acted the other day. And, you know, uh, I don't believe any of that. I, I have trouble believing that they don't have, that they only have a 15 minute memory. Well, you can train them though. So I don't know how that fits into the whole thing. Like obviously dogs can do many, many complex things. People we've trained them to do 
you know, all, all kinds of jobs. Uh, on top of that, uh, they also say they have a 160 word vocabulary. So there is some memory in there that works in some form or function, but uh, the, the ultimate point being they don't, they don't hold on to all these likes and dislikes, but they, they say, they say that uh, when you're training a dog to not praise it, don't give it a treat when it's acting in the, in the midst of it acting poorly. So right. if your dog is a, peeing on the floor you know don't put a piece of pizza down in front of it or a dog treat or whatever it is you'd give your dog um don't so sometimes i wish it was that simple like that's my point behind all of it regardless of my uh pop science my junk science or the things i've seen online but <laughs> ultimately that's the point i wish it were as simple as you do a thing and if it's good, you get the praise. And if it's bad, you don't. Right. Uh, and like instant say, reward would be lovely. Instant reward. <laughs> instant. Let's give me, get my feedback now and I'll just move on. I want the I'm ice take cream my feedback. now. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. You know what? Ice cream is a great example because all the ice cream I've ate all my life, it's caught up to me. Boy, this is an ice cream that I ate last week or a year ago. No. This is this is this is you know, forty five years of, uh, of of abuse, and you know, gluttony, right? So to speak, in in some form or fashion, addiction, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It is right. it is the thing that's happened, and you know, this is the result. We all do have very addictive personalities, and it's you know, it's based on that discernment of like and dislike. Like and dislike, and we're you know trying to reward ourselves for everything. I mean, trying to you know find that even calm, peaceful time. You know, maybe it's a bubble bath or you know whatever, whatever your thing is for you know relaxation. Maybe it's candlelight and a you know a glass of wine or whatever it is. It's all based on, you know, I deserve this because I worked really hard. Yeah. Trying oh, yeah. to, you know, overcome some thing that was maybe unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Food is a reward. Celebration, a reward. A Distraction. Distraction. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that definitely is food. The food issue in particular is is really been an interesting one during this time. You know, every every restaurant worker in America has been fired. Hotel workers, anybody in that that sort of hospitality industry, but the the restaurant people, man, and so much of our socialization comes from eating together and drinking together, right? And the social aspect. It is, it it is woven in. I mean, obviously we have, we also have to do it by the way to stay alive in our body. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, that's a big, 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 thing. big thing. It's yeah. definitely a thing. I've, mm -hmm. you know, I've, you know, struggled with weight on and off, you know, all my life. And I, that's the first thing I think is this is the worst addiction ever because you have to have it. 
it's not like I can quit eating. Right. It's not like I can, you know, just go to a meeting and decide I'm not going to eat. I still have to do it, but in a mindful way. So, right. you know, I do try to make good decisions every now and then I also make decisions that are, are based completely in, you know, sensory, uh, sensory benefit and experience. Yeah. And I know that that's going to taste really good and <laughs> it might not be the, the most healthy thing for me, but you know, it's, I, I don't have a stash now, but I have often stashed, um, pop tarts because <laughs> I can, yeah. you know, and I, I don't always pick the chocolate ones. Sometimes I get the blueberry, which seems healthier, <laughs> oh, <blueberry laughs> but it's definitely a sugary treat. And I, I, I don't um, actually understand why they make the kind that doesn't have frosting. <laughs> like what is the what is the point of that <laughs> so slap, slap me in the face why don't you pop tarts Kellogg's or whoever makes it so I'm so I, I'm I'm trying to make really good choices I'm trying to make choices about moving more each day I've you know I'm wearing my my galaxy watch that keeps track of my steps and it has Good. given me 6,000 steps a day as a goal. And I got to say, you know, Sunday I was tired. I went out to my parents on Saturday and worked in, um, yeah. they've got a huge yard and, you know, helped clear flower beds and wood piles and all sorts of things. And I was pretty exhausted on Sunday and just I sat around and binged watched some TV and boy about 4:30 came around and I started feeling like I'm not making a positive action so I put my shoes on my watch said like 14 steps or something whatever it took to get from my bed to the couch and into you know, the bathroom a couple times whatever it was um, so I went for a 6,000 step walk, which equals about three miles. Um, and I got it done, got my steps in and then was so energetic. I accidentally did like 2000 more steps <laughs> around the house and the yard. So I guess once I got moving things in motion, like to stay in motion. There's a, um, uh, I like to write and so when you don't write, it's a popular pastime to read all the stories about how to write, you know, everybody's books on how to write. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's not as simple as how do you write? Well, you write, but no, it's not that easy. We got to have tips. We have to plan and, for it. We have to tips and experts. And so part of it, uh, a lot of these writers, Arthur Miller and Stephen King, and they all have these, Kurt Vonnegut, all these wonderful writers, they have all these tips and books and essays they wrote on. So a lot of them talk about exercise because obviously writing is a pretty sedentary activity, but many of these guys that wrote all these pages all these years, women, they would exercise and some would swim or some would walk or run or ride their bike. Uh, 
but there's a famous story I read about a, a Japanese writer that literally, uh, I don't know the time frame, but ran a marathon inside his apartment. He ran around his dining room table, ran enough times that he ran a marathon inside his tiny apartment. <laughs> so there, there genuinely is no excuse for me or anybody aside from a legitimate health issue, but there's no excuse for us COVID or otherwise to not be active. Well, I mean, if we really think about the process and, you know, people are probably tired of, of hearing me talk about, you know, the, the path, the, the recipe, if you will, or the plan for liberation is set out in the Four Noble Truths. First, determining that there's an issue. There's something that I am dissatisfied with that is harming me or creating a thing. Let's pick weight. There's a reason, a cause that has caused this condition to be. There's a remedy for that cause. And that remedy is complete understanding of what is causing it first and then having positive action because of that knowledge. So if we pick our things, you know, one at a time, I have been sitting with my, my morning, my morning meditation each morning. I'm asking myself as I sit where is my dissatisfaction? Where is my suffering? And, you know, weight is a thing. It's, it's definitely a thing. There's a physical aspect to my weight condition. Yeah. Um, Gravity. Yeah. I, you know, realistically need to take off 50 pounds. So I need to understand it. What caused it, you know, and not looking for, anything to blame, but really ultimately looking for what caused my weight gain. And then in that understanding, I can take positive action and it might be simple action. Maybe it's that I, you know, that I sit too much. I've got a career that I sit at a desk. I got a standing desk, but I sit at it. (laughs) Most of the time, you know, I, um, you know, my, my pro tip for that is when you, when you, you look at your life, if you wrote down a list of the things that you would change for most of us, many of us, it would be a substantial list and it would very quickly become overwhelming. Uh, You, you just, the, 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 quitting cold turkey the things you do that you don't like or that cause you discomfort or that are are roadblocks on your path that is that is overwhelming it really is so don't do that to yourself don't add to your anxiety or your stress or your well, don't try to do it all at once you know, one thing one thing yeah one if thing. you don't if you don't drink enough water every day or you or you don't think you do you know what go get up and drink, go drink a glass of water right now. Like, cool. and after you do that the next day or the next day, be like, 
think to yourself, you don't even have to say, I'm going to do this every day at eight o'clock. And if I don't, I'll be a giant failure. Don't even get that far. <laughs> Literally just go do the thing. One thing that you think you should add the earth change, do that. Stop one small thing. Or so, you don't floss your teeth enough. Guess what? Make it your goal to do it one time. And I, I would recommend picking the thing that's closest to your mind. So, you know, if when you're sitting and you ask yourself, what is causing my suffering? And the answer is my teeth hurt. Then today's positive action is to figure out why my teeth hurt and take a positive Mm -hmm. action, a positive step to mitigate that, that discomfort, that pain. So if it's your weight, if it's your headache, if it's your stress level, if it's your relationship that you have not addressed the, you know, the underlying issues, then let that be your positive and mindful action in changing that. And not from a point of anger or emotional reactions we need to take a step back and really understand what is it that I need and how can I most easily attain it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's okay to do, and it's okay to do a small step first. The, the little stone that gets dropped in the middle of a pond ripples all the way to the edges. The smallest deed done beats out best intentions. There you go. In our efforts to liberate ourselves from suffering, we must address the law of cause and effect. Every action and inaction has an effect. As every heartbeat moves blood and every breath moves air, Our responsibility lies within our own body, speech, and mind. Mindfully considering each of our contributing actions, not through the discernment of like and dislike, but instead with the knowing that each action, word, and thought matter. It's ultimately all up to you to stop the ways that will create bad effects But the only way out is to see it, understand it, and let it go without responding with anger or harmful feelings, but with understanding that you can prevent the chain of future cause or create good ones to make a happier present and future. Thanks to all of our listeners from all over the world for downloading our podcast and tuning in. Thanks to Dan for endeavoring this discussion with me today. Well, as always, thank you. And folks, remember, meditate as fast as you can. Bye now.